heavy track today. Yeah, not vibing risky lettuce, getting sinker vibes. I don't know, says on the Tab app she's firming. Don't just vibe it, get expert tips in Tab's new race feed. Tab, we're on. What are you really gambling with? What are the horses to follow? The forgetful runs, the stories on Racing Pulse. Bring on David Gately. Ah, David Gately is here after a mammoth Melbourne Cup week. How are you this morning, Gator? I'm quite sprightly, thanks, Michael. Uh, nine and a half hours sleep will help anyone out, but of course that was the aggregate for the previous week. But, um, <laughs> we, uh, we got there and, uh, as I say, it's an absolute privilege to, to be involved in, in that week. And um, the racing was extraordinary. Um, the story's brilliant. And uh, it's a credit to, uh, to our great sport. I love it. Yeah, there is no doubt about that. And um, and the highlights throughout all four of the days stood up and it it ended with a real big bang on Saturday and Imperatrice, without doubt, the star. Is she the one that all your loyal followers voted as the run of the day? Well, they've been quite enamoured with uh, Pride of Jenny throughout the voting. Really? Um, yeah, so uh, there was um, run of the day, Pride of Jenny, 61%, Imperatrice, 24%. So she's thrashed our girl. Mm. And even in the run of the week, Pride of Jenny beat the Melbourne Cup winner without a fight. So... Hunters do love that uh, Vaux-Rogue, stylish century, Bazille Bay style, don't they? There's no doubt about it. And hindsight makes everyone a genius. But when we look back on the form lines and what was so remarkable was the way that those horses backed up and bounced out of Derby Day. It wasn't just the Empire Rose, but we saw Spacewalk Najim Sahail do it as well from their Derby Day sprint. It, it really was the form line um, of, the, of the week. Yeah, it was that. And, um, you know, there was obviously plenty uh, of, of merit, uh, you know, on the clock, running time from the front. It's not easy to do, you know. Um, most often those fast races are set by a strong speed from a horse who who uh, then fades, um, and it's a run-on horse. So all credit to her. And as you say, the format of the race and the tissue in the Empire Rose had to spot Pride of Jenny probably 18 lengths at one stage. And I was chatting to, to Bossy um, Derby Day. We were watching the re, uh, the videos after the coverage and said that she's probably the run of the month, a tissue, and if she goes to the matriarch, she'll be immoral. They take on the stronger race. She wins that anyway. So, um, as you say, always learning because never missed a winner after the race. But, um, yeah, the, the format of it was, was fabulous. The backup for Cup Week has worked for 100 years, so I expect it to keep working. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Of the... Um, performers in that Pride of Jenny race. Was there any that were slightly disappointing? How did you see the run of Fangirl? Was it simply race shape again? Yeah, look, I think it was. Look, I was really keen on her on Saturday. Um, thought uh, she's simply uh, better, you know, than Mr. Brightside. She proved that in Sydney. I think she's better than Pride of Jenny. Now, once we the pattern was established, though, with the winds the way they were playing, um, and she'd be back last. It did have me. It did make me concerned. Look, she still ran very well, but um, I can't take anything away from Pride of Jenny for those reasons outlined. I mean, she set a, a Group One tempo that was six and a half lengths above average. She's run five lengths above Group One average and did it all herself. So, even allowing for the fact that with the wind, you know, on paces were, were, were kicking strongly, it, uh, she, she's um, become a star and mm. adds something to racing going forward because. 
We need. I think we really need those horses, and it adds to the the depth and the quality of races when they truly run. Uh, I agree. Uh, this SMS sums it up beautifully. Hey, Gator, I don't think there's any doubt that Pride of Jenny was the star of the carnival with her Vogue rogue like performances. That said, she blew me out of the quaddy two weeks in a row over the pain. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel that. I, I certainly um, underestimated her in the uh, in the Empire Rose. Um, I think I certainly had her in the mix in the in the mile, but didn't, as I say, I didn't think she could beat Fangirl home. Um, but uh, an emerging star, and uh, look, she's she's not uh, she's not uh, hasn't been overly arduously raced. I think there's expect her to come up again this time. You know, obviously in the autumn and summer carnivals, and and again through the spring and and. Um, next spring so excited to see her future unfold what was your assessment of the champion stakes um we've spent a lot of this morning talking about the the race shape and the structure and the ride on west wind blows overall um what was your assessment yeah well the winner uh, was terrific i mean sailed straight by jewess you know jewess had just run an unlucky fourth in the cox bay so how do you take anything away from her and she came from off midfield on a day that was challenging to do that Speed was good, you know. Length above Group One average is, is, is slick going, and um, Western blows. Obviously, you can't do that sort of work and expect to win races. Um, three point three lengths the margin, but yeah, he just did too much work. I mean, it just shows you how good his Turnbull run was. Here, he, he worked first thousand metres of that race, still ran second. Caulfield Cup run enormous, but just couldn't back that up again for the third time in a row. And, you know, winners um, done a great job. Jewess, good young Werther went by Zaki late and probably should have finished close. Probably should have run a clear second, young Werther. So uh, Prowess was probably the slight disappointment. I did go into the race thinking she was a bit thin in the market, but she's, she's run okay. But I think expectation was high from a lot of others. And that's pretty much the race. You know, those that got back and, and ran on um, didn't, uh, didn't feature. Huita, interestingly, was race fast as last 200. Just needs something easier and... Uh, of a different race shape, and, and he could be a, a coming winner. I thought the run of Buckaroo was was quite good for future preparations because took off early, put the pressure on at the home turn, and and you know really stuck to his guns. And it was just late that Zaki got the best of him to finish fourth. Um, so he could be a horse to follow next time around. No, I agree. I think that's not the ideal recipe. I know what they're thinking, and that stabling and those connections do that a lot, don't they? They take off early because they back the horse's endurance. So. Uh, no knock, but um, if you're writing a textbook, that's not the way to go about it, improving wide before the turn. It just does, it just leaves you vulnerable late, the last 100, and that's where he came undone. Joe, I thought there were a few nice performances in, on the undercard. Um, Muramasa, uh, I think I said to you pre-race, I don't know if we're going to get a Sulcombe-like performance out of this, but the mm. more you go back and look at that run, he could be a horse that is improving rapidly, lightly raced to, to become a, a feature stayer contender. Look, I uh, couldn't agree more. I think I've, I think I said on the coverage, I've always had a lot of time for him, and, and his Coonji win was terrific and fast, and he's backed that up with a dominant win, jumping pretty sharply to 2,600, third up, and he came off a good speed and ran the time again. And he's run five lengths above Group 3 average to win that race, and he laid his man who was back to beat him, went to him. He just zoomed away from her, and... Oh, him and, and two and a half lengths the margin, but on and through the line, he's still running. So, look, he'll certainly make it this horse. What about the um, performance of Schwartz? Uh, I don't know what the ratings say about that race. I, I actually love the way the runner up Mowdown hit the line as well. 
Yeah, second and third were great, weren't they? Even Eugenius in four yeah. did a good job. He was squeezed out of the key stage, hit the line, third quickest last 200. Modown made good ground through on the inside, good place to be. Alonso had to make his run wider against the pattern. So arguably, the you know, the second best run in the race, but the winner was terrific. Laird didn't get a lot of peace. They went two lengths above group or listed average and still shook off the pests and won well. So uh, time good, 123.2, had him just a half length below listed average. So... Uh, something on the clock to back up what you saw visually as, as a good, strong win. And even the last winner of the day, I know it's a lot less a standard race, but uh, I think there's a future. Uh, only lightly raced uh, Ray Magnero, but gee whiz, he was impressive the way he put them away. Yeah, liked his win as well. I, I was tossing up between him and Kin top pick, and I just thought Kin drawing out and him drawing in might be the difference. And it's a recipe that works a few times throughout the carnival, but this horse, Ray Magnero, was able to overcome that. I mean, he pretty much ran up the middle of the straight and beyond all on his own because he didn't have a bum to follow. He didn't have cover, and he had 57.5, and, and he kept running. Uh, time was useful. They didn't really get a chance to smash the clock with that 30.3 second first 500 being some 6.5 lengths below benchmark 80 average. So it wasn't a fiercely run race. So... Uh, it, as I say, just didn't give him a chance to smash the clock overall time. But I think the win had a lot of merit. He's the horse on the up. And his previous start, his last 600 figure, was 12 lengths above average. So you can't do that if you're no good. When you go back and look at the Spring Carnival, there are certain races that stand out as ones that uh, horses bounce through and ones to follow. And the stock stakes at Mooney Valley is most definitely that. Uh, Amelia's jewel beating Pride of Jenny and Deny Knowledge finished third that day. And Jamie Carr, once again, uh, was at her best on Saturday with Deny Knowledge. No, she was heavily backed, wasn't she? I think everyone knew she'd lead. Um, and, and the way the track was running, the wind was blowing, it was a good place to be. So they cashed in just. Osmos got pretty close. Amakura was terrific, probably mm. the best run in the race, coming from the tail, weaving home through on the inside. And probably only needed another 20 metres. And she gave that winner two and a half kilos, four lengths to the rest of them. Um, but a race dominated on pace inside, which is a bit of a theme. Hey, Gator, I didn't spend much time looking at Sydney on Saturday, but I did catch uh, the winner of Shangri-La Express in the Golden Gift and had been well spruiked pre-race by Adrian Bott and looks a two-year-old of some promise. Yeah, excellent win. Um, had to be used up to lead. Didn't cross them to the 700-metre mark in an 1,100-metre race. So if you're watching that race live, you're thinking, oh, well, you won't be able to keep running. He ran five and a half lengths above uh, two-year-old uh, average and just kept on running. Uh, good good day, good track to be on speed. But time, you know, useful. Broke one four for the 1,100. That's a length above two-year-old average. Rue de Royale ran really well into second. And Frank's the form out of that mini valley race won by Blue Bastille, who ran fast time as well. Yeah, it certainly does. Uh, outside of that, a tissue, um, not a tissue, um, uh, what's the horse that Tony Gollan trained? Um, uh, Antino. Yeah, Antino. Antino. Looked disappointing. Was he just flat after a, a, an unlucky spring in Melbourne? Look, he's pulled up lame, so we oh, have to he? put okay. him in the figure file, yeah. Um, you know, I know he missed the start and arguably wasn't at his best anyway, but how would you know? I mean... Uh, yeah, look, the, the lameness thing, uh, not many win with it. So um, forgive file for our boy there. What did you make of that race, the five diamonds? You know, uh, I think the winner's good, unspoken. I like his will to win. Knuckled down well, uh, well to score. Um, Zoom on was gallant, entitled to, to fight. They eight lengths below uh, 
um, class average, so he certainly had his chance in the lead. We know Detonator Jack and Democracy Manifest are good horses and good closers. The latter there arguably could have won an Epsom earlier in the spring with even luck. So um, there's a lot to like. Ho- uh, hope in your heart who, who bounced out of the Empire Rose where they're all winning. She, mm. she missed the Mimo. She forgot to, uh, <laughs> to win, but um, she spotted them 15 lengths and there aren't too many winning giving that sort of start. Uh, she must be so frustrating for connections mm. because she has got so much ability, but it's just her racing style gives her next to none in so many races. Yeah, she's just striking these. She's just struck a spring where every track seems to be on pace inside. Advantage. It's been ridiculous. It's with the you know the really hot weather, fast tracks, and um, irrespective of where they're putting the rails in some of those races in Sydney. And then Flemington, the two Saturdays, you get a rare southerly wind howling. So um, tough, a tough uh, campaign to be a swooper, that's for sure. Interesting text. Hey, Gator, have you seen a race produced... Uh, produce as many next start winners as the Empire Rose? Well, I mean, probably. I can't think of too many right off the top of my head. But, um, yeah, it was, it's been uh, phenomenal, hasn't it? So, you know, it, it's like, um, what's the surfing analogy? Just ride the wave until it crashes you, right? So, um, you know, I, I'm not sure how deep, you know, many more of these can go through the spring. But, um, you know, but even might be worth following even into the summer autumn carnival and, one or two may head to Perth for their carnival, mm. so you will keep an eye on it. Yep. Well, we we might get to see life lessons. Obviously, prior to Jenny beat a tissue, life lessons ran third to nine knowledge, finished fourth. Uh, uh, those three have come out and won. We might get to see life lessons, I think, in the Rupert Clark on Saturday. Uh, so we'll see how that form yep. continues to come out of the Empire Rose. Uh, you mentioned a couple of forgive files. Uh, there are a few others that we can jot down. Oh, look, there always are on a big day. Um, you know, I think horses that were able to, to really make significant ground on, on both the Saturdays are worth following. Obviously, it's too late for a tissue, but uh, horses like El, El Sonso um, was a really good run on uh, mm. the Galloper in the, in the Schwartz race. And um, those that, that were able to come wide and make ground are worth adding merit uh, to their runs, I think. It just, it just depends what's left, doesn't it, for the carnival for a lot of them. I think we've got one cheeky listener here saying, hey, Gator, uh, what did you make of Warmonger's win? <laughs> uh, uh, he was good, wasn't he? He was good. He, he, he did a great job and um, uh, really happy for yourself. Uh, Mick, as, a, as a, a part owner, it's hard to get a runner, a couple of little a winner, but um, beat a handy field. I'm just going through the clock and there's certainly some substance there. So uh, I think, uh, you know, the first three over the line there are well above average. Anything from the four days that um, really peaked? Uh, who were the couple of highlight horses? Maybe not necessarily in the biggest races or horses yeah. that you think we can really follow at a cup week. Yeah, I think the emergence of Pride of Jenny we've spoken about, uh, it can't be brushed over because um, for those reasons we've sort of mentioned that if you're mm. running time from the front, it's all on as you and it adds, it's going to add something to our weight for age racing going forward. As is without a fight, who can certainly come back to weight for age and, and be a star of the turf as well. Um, and, uh, you know, it is our greatest race still, and he was outstanding winning in, in a really high-rating version of it. Obviously, Bonner's Notches, um, I've been a big fan. Yeah. You know, he was outstanding in se- second Imperatus runs by in secret. He might back up Saturday too, so it'd be fascinating if he goes to a race like the Rupert Clark where I don't think he'll be overly harshly handicapped yet because he hasn't won a big group one. 
He's got a big race in him, doesn't he, Bjorn? Yeah. is at some stage. Yeah. Uh, Gator, you've been outstanding. Been great to work with you throughout Cup Week, and um, uh, it rolls on. The carnival continues this weekend, so look forward to getting your game plan on Thursday ahead of the big 1,000 guineas Rupert Clark meeting. Yeah, I like the meeting as it's shaping, looking at the likely field. So um, looking forward to chatting with you on Thursday, mate. It was a pleasure working with you through Cup Week. Good on you, Gator. David Gately's uh, post-mortem.